Hello, Husky Nation. Welcome to Dog Thoughts Radio with Tyson Allenbaugh, Kayla Olin, and Mike Martin. An insider look at Husky football with game analysis, recruiting updates, players and coaches interviews, player profiles and information that you will only hear on Dog Thoughts, including Husky legends. All you'll see is purple. And now, your host, Tyson Allenbaugh. Woo! It is here, folks. Week one of the football season. The Washington Huskies 2019 season gets underway. Husky Stadium, August 31st, Saturday. They're welcoming the Eastern Washington Eagles, and this is the Dog Thoughts Preview Show. Um, I'm Tyson Allenbaugh, and we're not going to waste any time. It's our man Jeff Wright from Dub Life. He joined us a lot last year. He's back this season to get us up to speed on all things Husky. He's at practice. He's going to be at the games. He's going to be just everywhere on Montlake. Would you agree with that, Jeff? Yes, I'll be everywhere on Montlake this year. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm super excited for the season. Oh, man, I'm Jack, too. And obviously, uh, we're going to take a look at UW and Eastern. I'm going to be honest, though. I'm just going to get this out of the way. Not a ton excites me X's and O's wise, Jeff. And that's part of because of, you know, a fall camp. And there's I think there's so many more questions about maybe not off the field stuff. But I just think when there's this many newcomers or I shouldn't say necessarily not only newcomers, but guys, we just haven't seen play a ton of football. Maybe we know their names. There's just so many more questions than I have answers. And that's kind of a fun place to be in. But it's also a little bit of a nerve wracking one. Yeah, I agree with you, Tyson. Uh, there's some talented players on the roster for sure, but a lot of the players don't have a you know a ton of prime time experience yet. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, and Eastern obviously, uh, I'll get into this later as I discuss them for my three things you need to know about Eastern. Really good, really respected for their level. UW should still UW should still blow them out. Should still definitely win. Yeah, but it, it just like I said, I have no. Uh, with the dismal offensive performance last year, like I said, some of the new names were replacing Greg Gaines, replacing BBK. You know, I, I have confidence that it's going to be done well. I just don't know how it's going to look. And that's, I guess, what's more interesting. And that's where it kind of it's a little bit unique compared to maybe even 2016, 2017, 2018. Yeah, I agree, and we'll we have yet to see who's going to step up once the games get going. It might be something like player by committee thing. So we'll see. Absolutely, and. Uh, 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 well, hey, <laughs> we can't, we can't not talk about fall camp, even though it's, like I said, it's game week, but, um, you were at the practices and obviously talking to the coaches and, you know, it only ended a week ago, not too far in the rear view mirror after, after attending practices, like I said, and talking with the coaches, what were two or three impressions, good, bad, indifferent, maybe that you came away with kind of maybe themes or narratives that you walked away with following fall camp? Yeah, Tyson, uh, you know, the first thing that stood out immediately to me was, I mean, these guys passed the eye test. I mean, this this year's team is massive. I mean, in size, I mean, especially on the interior of the defensive line, you know, besides, you know, the obvious Levi Ambuzarike, you got guys like Sam Taimani and Tuli uh, Latuli Gaysanoa, uh, Tui Tui Tele, Sama Palma, Jacob Bandis. I mean, these guys are beasts. I mean, they're pushing 300 plus already. And, uh, you know, this might be one of the biggest teams that Peterson's had since he's been the coach at Washington. So that's one thing that really, you know, stood out to me at camp. Um, you know, another thing that stood out was, you know, I was talking to Aaron Fuller after practice one day and, and he said, it, you know, the wide receivers group knows that P- 
people don't view them as great and and view them as average and and so they've taken note of that and they want to you know prove people wrong this year and they know that the only way to do that is to start making big time plays and do it on a consistent basis so they're well aware of how they're viewed um and then the last impression i came away with is you know just talking with you know left tackle trey adams you know he went through fall camp without any restrictions this year, uh, unlike last year's fall camp. And, you know, he said this is the best he's ever felt um, since he's arrived on Montlake. So, you know, that's huge news for the coaches. That's huge news for the offense. Um, you know, because it's the first time that they're breaking in a new quarterback in four years. So it's going to be real important to uh, have Trey there to protect uh, Easton all season long. And I expect Trey to have an All-American season. So we'll get to the quarterback battle in a little bit, but uh, let's let, let's talk about some players that maybe stood out to you. Let's start with the veterans. Um, I don't know where you draw the line at veterans, so maybe there might be a little bit of discussion about yeah. this, but um, I don't know if it's a third year, fourth year. Anyways, uh, one veteran player on offense and, and defense, one each, uh, that stood out to you during camp. The most obvious player, Tyson, that stood out to me was uh, Chico McClatcher. Um, you know, for the, we only got to see the first five practices, but, you know, for the first five practices, Chico was, you know, had that spring back in his step and he didn't drop any passes. Um, he was making big time plays and scrimmages and, uh, you know, his route running looked good. And he basically looked like he was in mid season form at the start of camp. And, um, you know, some of the coaches felt like he was the MVP at camp as well. So, um, yeah, that's one player that definitely stood out to me on offense, and then we go to the defensive side of the ball. Um, somebody that, you know, doesn't get a lot of notoriety throughout his career is, you know, senior inside linebacker Kyler Manu. Um, you know, he looked good inside. And, you know, he's kind of been a guy throughout his career that, you know, he's had to wait his turn because there's been more talented players in front of him. But, you know, now it's his time. And, uh, you know, he was swarming to the football. And, you know, he always seemed to be in the right place. And, um, you know, when you're doing those two things, that's a sign of a smart player. What about young guys? One on offense, one on defense. Again, I, I don't know where you draw the line here, if it's a freshman, <laughs> redshirt freshman, but I'll, I'll let you decide. Um, well, I got two true freshmen here for this category. And uh, on offense, you know, Husky fans can get real excited about uh, Puka Nakua, wide receiver. I mean, the, this guy's money. Um, you know, during scrimmages, this kid's making big-time plays down the field. You know, he's high-pointing balls. He's diving for balls. And and he looks like a, a really good possession receiver with a lot of athleticism. And, um, you know, some players just have that it factor, and uh, Puka has it. And the other day in Peterson's press conference, you know, they asked him, uh, you know, is Puka going to play this year? And he looked at, at the reporter and said, yeah, emphatically, he said, yeah, he's going to play. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Puka looks great. And then, you know, on the defensive side, uh, uh, outside linebacker, uh, Layatu Latu looks looks really promising. Um, you know, his he's has a high motor and burst off the edge and um during scrimmages, I mean he is pushing the pocket and beating his guy regularly and stuff. So I, I think he has a really bright future and he really gets off his blocks. Those uh, now in I I'm not sure the the Alabama strength coach uh Scott Cochran used to say uh, I, I, I'm total, totally butchering the quote, but he said he's basically just putting spinners on escalades, you know, with the type of talent <laughs> he gets in. And, and yeah. I, I don't know if that's exactly how he described it. It was like a 60 minutes piece. I, I, I'm digressing. I guess now I, I, I hesitate to com to compare UW and Alabama's recruiting classes, but in terms of what UW has had and what they've 
been able to recruit to now, it feels a little bit more like that, to borrow Scott Cochran's possible metaphor slash analogy that I may or may not have made up. (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. The type of athlete that Peterson and his coaching staff are getting now, I mean, they're beating out, you know, programs, like you said, like Alabama, Clemson, you know, LSU, they're, they're, they're beating out some quality programs. And back in the day, it was like a win for the Huskies to, to get a recruit over Fresno state or somebody like that. So yeah, the programs come a long way with these, with these athletes. Yeah. And, and that's the Puka types. That's the lot to uh, types and, yeah. and the two of the div- you know, a few of the defensive linemen, those guys were not only have recruited, but like you said, they're, they're big. And obviously it's going to take some time just to get used to the game, you know, uh, game speed, uh, the mental stuff, you know, the playbook, all that stuff. But yeah, it, it, it's, you know, you could have asked just about anybody and it's, and it pretty much the consensus is like, yeah, those dudes, not only are they big, they can play, and they're showing out pretty early on. And again, I just don't think you could have said that, and that's no disrespect to even somebody like Chico or even like Miles Gaskin. Coach, you know, Peterson said they they knew he was good, but it, you know, you have to get him in the game sometimes before you know really how good they are. And these guys seem to be already flashing in practice. Yeah, and I think the coaching staff alluded to that the other day. And they're you know, it's just practice, it's just fall camp, but we need to see how these guys play in the game, and so they're excited to get going. Awesome. Now, the quarterback battle. I mean, it's been beat. I mean, there's a there. I can't tell you how many dead horses there are, you know, around (laughs) the Pacific Northwest with how this has been, how much this has just been discussed. But, you know, first, let me ask your impression of it before we kind of discuss it. I want to know your your impression of it, just being there and talking to the coaches, what what you kind of came away with. Let's just say, let's go back before the Easton decision was made and before Hanner decided to transfer. Well, going back to that, Tyson, um, you know, the coaches made it sound like it was a neck and neck competition between Eason and Hayner. And Peterson has always liked Hayner because, you know, he's got a strong work ethic and he has a good grasp on the offense. Um, but yeah, they made it sound like it was a neck and neck competition and it was going to go towards the end. And so I think that's why a part of the fan base was like, well, I think Hayner has a good chance. And so. I think, you know, that could be coaches speak. It could have been Easton's all along, but that's how the coaches made it sound. And when you just happen to be watching practice, I know you got your eyes on a million different things. Anything stood yeah. out to you again during those open practices? Obviously, they cut they cut the team, the media off. I think last year it was 10 open practices. This year it was five, which is just, you know, that's a, that's significant. Just from those five practices, did you have an impression one way or the other? Or were you just kind of like, well, I guess I'll find out too just because, you know, of how they're playing this, how they're sharing reps and all that? Yeah, like you said, in the first five days of practice, it's tough to see because everything was vanilla and they didn't have the pads on yet or anything. But, you know, one day Hayner looked good and then the next day he'd throw a couple picks, you know, and then Easton would look good and then the next day he looked subpar. So in those first five practices, it was kind of a wash. So that's all we got to really see. But my thought all along was, you know, they didn't bring Easton here to to sit on the bench. You know, as soon as Easton said he wanted to transfer here, the the thought was he's going to start when it's his time. He's going to play. And so, you know, and all the, the whole fan base thought the same thing as well. But I think the thing that's interesting about this whole Hayner transfer thing is, you know, it being so abrupt is – they split reps during fall camp. And so with him leaving, it's like Eason could have got all those reps if they would have knew he was going to transfer. And so I think in that case, in that sense, it backfired on the coaches letting the competition go that far in the camp. Yeah. It felt like they were trying to play both sides a little bit. And again, yep. obviously we don't know the internal workings and I can, I'm sure there'll be a hell of a book, you know, uh, written about this one day, or at least some, some really good interviews, but 
they, it, it's really hard. It, it just seemed like they were trying to play both sides in this. Obviously, I, I do believe in the fact they wanted Eason to earn it. Right, they weren't just going to hand it to him because when you start handing guys shit, oh, pardon my French. When you start <laughs> when you start handing guys stuff, uh, yeah. uh, you know, it, it, it's that's just that's just the quickest way to kind of lose the culture that you've worked really hard to build. But also, I do think they knew the limitations. You know, they they had seen Jay Kaner in practice. I mean, this is he's a redshirt junior, I think, this year. I mean, there there's not many surprises, right? I mean, they kind of knew, and it, it, and and like Peterson said, the scout team while Easton was on it and did a great job last year. He wasn't, he was obviously preparing as part of the team, but work being on the scout team, basically working with the walk-ons and the four stringers and the freshmen, is just a whole different vibe. And I, I really think that that was part of the growing pains. I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm sort of rambling here, but I just I I think. I don't know how they were. They should have played it, you know, because, mm-hmm. I, 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 like you said, I think the Hainer transferring thing really caught them off guard. I, and I and they must have. And I don't think the staff gets caught off guard too often. No, and you know the thing about this is, is you know, uh, Jacob Sermon was in the transfer portal after spring ball, and you know if he had actually followed through with his with his transfer, then the Huskies would be down to two scholarship quarterbacks right now, and that's pretty scary. Um, but to go back to your point earlier, you know, yeah, you lose the res- – the coaches lose the respect of their players if it's not an open competition because if Hayner had come in and clearly, you know, outperformed Eason and the rest of the teammates saw it, then they have no choice but to start Hayner, even though Eason is a big name and he's been from the SEC or whatever, but you lose the respect of your players that way. All right, let's talk Eastern. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's talk Eastern. And uh, you wrote an article over at Dub Life. Um, uh, I'm, I, I, I want to use the right exact title. It's right on the front page, though. It's the five things the Huskies need to do to beat Eastern, I believe, or, or some version yeah. of that. And I wanted to talk about a couple things that kind of stood out to me. I highly suggest everybody goes to Dub Life and read it. Uh, the first thing, let's just stick on the offense, offensive side. You mentioned establishing the run early, and I wanted to talk to you more about that. Yeah, um, you know, one of the biggest question marks heading into the season is, you know, who's going to replace the production of, you know, Miles Gaskin. And, you know, that's going to be Savan Ahmed, obviously, but, you know, it's not going to all be on his shoulders. Um, you know, they're going to use the, all the running backs in the stable. Um, but, you know, this year, you know, with junior quarterback Jacob Eason, you know, his first game as a Husky, you know, he's going to be nervous. And so establishing a running game early and taking pressure off of Eason and getting those passing lanes opened up down the field, you know, throughout the game, is going to be great. And, you know, the Huskies have a veteran offensive line and, you know, with that veteran offensive line, they should, you know, push Eastern Washington's defensive front all around the field. So, you know, I expect the running game to be in full force on Saturday. Yeah, and I think with Cal coming in, and I get into this a little bit later when uh, I discuss my prediction, but uh, for all intents and purposes, I mean, this is a real interesting battle of gamesmanship for both Cal and UW because UW, uh, Cal opens with UC Davis, who won the Big Sky last year. We open with Eastern, who co- well, co-won the Big Sky. So two pretty good teams for their level, when both knowing uh, you know UW and Cal, knowing they have to face each other in week two. So it's like this balance of, gamesmanship of how much do you want to show how creative do you want to be you know how what what are you willing to do to get the win and I think one of those things is I think the the passing offense which we know needs to take a step forward I just have a hard time believing they're going to show all their show all their cards uh, against Eastern and I really do think they're going to try to put this one away early and that's why I wanted to talk because I agree with you and I think for similar but a little bit different reasons in that I think 
this is more of a, a gamesmanship play in that um, the Huskies can get, can get really creative sometimes to a detriment <laughs> with their offense. Yeah. And I think this one is going to be, I think this is a keep it simple, stupid, and, and just like you said, feed the guys. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked to see two guys rush for, you know, around 100 yards apiece and have four rushing touchdowns and people come away with, whoa, I wasn't impressed with Eason. I think that might be by design, though. Yeah, and they definitely want to try to get ahead in this game early and get an early lead. So like you said, they don't have to get in a tight ball game and then have to open up the playbook to to win. And then now Cal's got a blueprint for the week after. So yeah, you're definitely right there. Uh, secondly, uh, the, the second and final thing, because uh, again, I, I really suggest everybody go to Dub Life and check it out, uh, is win the turnover battle. And again, I think we have similar, I think we have the same conclusion, but a little bit different reasons for why this is important. Yeah, I mean, when you're you're dealing with season openers, Tyson, I mean, one team can really benefit from winning the turnover battle. I mean, getting timely turnovers can change the whole momentum and complexity of the game. And, you know, you got an uh, opposing FCS team coming into hostile Husky Stadium. I mean, one turnover that the defense gets can just ignite the whole stadium and then, you know, they just go from there. And so, you know, it's no secret the Huskies play to the home crowd um, when they're at home, especially the defense. And so, you know, getting a turnover and handing the ball back to the offense with great field position and and stuff like that can really help the Husky offense get into a rhythm. And, you know, defensive coordinator Jimmy Lake, I mean, that's what he preaches to his guys. I mean, you know, their job is to get the ball back to the offense. And, you know, Saturday will be no different. Yeah, and what I'm excited to see is if who who gets the tur- the the turnovers uh, because Eric uh, Barrier, the quarterback for Eastern, who uh, was really fantastic last year um, for the Eagles, he he's a good quarterback, good player, yeah. and somebody who I think puts a lot of stress on defenses, but he's also he. Um, I think there's going to be opportunity, I guess is what I'm trying to say, because yeah. they, they, uh, Eastern likes to throw. He definitely likes to run. Last year, uh, last year he threw uh, nine interceptions in basically uh, uh, in 14 games. Um, not, not a lot, but certainly not, you know, not on the lower end. Um, his quarterback efficiency was actually only around 140, was, was around 146. Um, and then he averaged really, which is, this is kind of surprising, is 175 yards passing per game. Now, some of that had to do with because he only started about yeah. half the season last year. My point is, is he's a dual threat guy. So there's chances either on interceptions or maybe fumble recoveries. There's going to be opportunity. It's just a matter of which Husky's going to do it and how they're going to do it. Yeah. And yeah, with him being a dual threat quarterback, yeah, they come up with fumbles, come up with interceptions, but yeah, he, he can sling it too. I mean, even though he's great with his legs and everything, he can sling it down the field too. So I expect maybe a pick or two down the stretch. Yeah, hopefully. All right, Jeff, thanks for coming on. Why don't you uh, plug everything, man? Yeah, uh, so dublife.net um, is our website. And then uh, on Twitter, you can give me a follow at uh, jdub2379. And we also have a Facebook page that you can look us up on as well. Fantastic. Jeff, we'll talk to you next week. Awesome. Thanks, for Tyson. Go dogs. Welcome back. You're listening to Dog Thoughts. I'm Tyson Allenbaugh. Big thank you to Jeff Wright from Dub Life. I cannot recommend his work enough. Head over there and uh, check out his uh, UW and Eastern article preview <laughs> preview article. Also check out his feature on Chico McClatcher. 
Now it's time for a reoccurring segment uh, for new listeners. It's uh, the three things you need to know about the Was- the upcoming Washington Huskies opponent. And obviously in this case, uh, it is the Eastern Washington Eagles. And uh, the first thing you need to know is their quarterback, Eric Berrier. Last year, he took over in the sixth game of the season and led Eastern on a seven-game winning streak, finished 8-2 and two as a starter, starter, was an All-American Finished uh, 13th in the country in passing efficiency, 2,400 passing yards, uh, 24 touchdown passes, including seven uh, in a FCS playoff game. He was really, really good. So good. In fact, the guy he took over for ended up transferring. Um, just an all-around playmaker on the Walter Payton uh, preseason award watch list. Now, obviously, those watch lists can be a little ridiculous. However, the Walter Payton award is like the Heisman for his level. So, just a really good player and by far the best offensive player for Eastern and one that the Huskies are, you know, he's going to get compared to Vernon Adams for those who remember that 2014 game. And back, in fact, both of them wear gloves on their throwing hands. So um, <laughs> maybe there's – he's a little bit bigger, I think, than VA was. But um, a dual threat guy as well can really, um, in fact, for his career – has, uh, or at least last season, excuse me, ran for 613 yards on 99 carries. So uh, just a, a really good quarterback, and it no, should be no surprise Eastern turns out a lot of them. Their head coach, Aaron Best, uh, has been on the offensive staff there for a million years under Bo Baldwin and now as the head coach. Those guys really know how to produce, and yeah, Eric is no different. Um, a name you should know on the defensive side is Mitch Johnson, he plays uh, outside linebacker defensive end. They call it Buck, which should sound sound familiar to uh, Husky fans. And his backup is Amandre Williams, uh, former Husky who transferred for his uh, final season of college football. The second thing you need to know about the Eastern Washington Eagles is they are preseason third uh, and fourth in the coaches and media poll for their uh, for the FCS level. And FCS is below FBS, so like. They play teams like Montana, Montana State. You guys know this, but I'm clarifying for those who maybe don't, but that's who uh, Eastern normally plays, and they're just really highly thought of this year, like I said, because of guys like Eric returning, and they have a bunch of other dudes too, But uh, and they play in the big sky, which they are also picked to win, and which they also won last year and have won, uh, shoot, more years than not this decade. Uh, last year they split it with UC Davis and Weber State, um, like I mentioned earlier, UC Davis actually opens with Cal or Cal opens with UC Davis, however you want to phrase it. And um, just for context, the Big Sky, for their FBS, you know, in terms of talent, tradition, all that good stuff, their FBS counterpart is probably the Big Ten, whereas uh, North Dakota State, who they lost to in the national championship game last year, plays in the Missouri Valley Football Conference, which is like the SEC. So uh, they play in a really highly thought of uh uh, highly regarded conference for FCS Eastern's pick to win again, like they have pretty like like I said, like they have pretty much uh, almost every year this decade. So good football team for their level. Huskies should still stomp them, but like I, I just want to put some context. Like these are, these guys are not lightweights, and these you know uh, back in the day the Huskies had never played. Um, you know used to take pride in never playing an FCS team like USC and Notre Dame and UCLA. But really, if you look at the numbers and the rating systems, and there's one called Sagarin, which I really like, the Sagarin rating system, which weights both FBS and FCS, um, uh, had rates them, excuse me, had Eastern as 70th last year, ahead of UCLA and just behind Tennessee. So um, 
in terms of just on the field stuff, Eastern is probably is probably going to give you a tougher matchup than let's say San Jose State who does play FBS. Really the only difference between San Jose State and Eastern is the number of scholarships they offer and um just something just more context. So if you ever hear somebody complaining about that, number 1, they're probably older than 50. Number 2, just remember a team like Eastern, at least Eastern, not every FCS team, but this Eastern team is probably better than a lot of the, you know, a lot of options in the Mountain West or the Sun Belt or even the MAC, which is over, uh, obviously, in the Midwest. The third and final thing you need to know is defensive coordinator and defensive back coach Jimmy Lake uh, was a former Eastern Washington Eagle himself. He played for the Eags. From 1995 to 1998, won four letters, had 160 tackles, three sacks, and a pick uh, over 36 games, and in fact was all big sky uh, at at least once, and uh, even helped lead the Eagles to the Final Four, which is what they used to call it back then when it was Division I AA and had 66 tackles that season. So um, he also helped coach, uh, he graduated from Eastern in 2000 and helped coach them uh, from 1999 to 2003. So uh, maybe the most... Uh, <laughs> popular coach on the staff outside of maybe CP, but in some circles, maybe even more popular than Coach Chris Peterson. Jimmy Lake, former Eastern Washington Eagle. What do you know? Now it's prediction time, and I think the Huskies win rather easily. Uh, 45, I'm going to say 45-21. So, uh, it, you know, I, I do say, I will say, it's going to be a game one, though, folks, um, particularly because something me and Jeff talked about, obviously, was there's going to be an, a, a level of gamesmanship to this. With Cal coming in next week and breaking in a new starter, the, I, I just think it's not going to be as pretty as maybe we want it to be, but I am going to recommend watch it a second time. Watch it after, you know, you've sobered up, maybe, or <laughs> you're out of, if you don't drink, you're out of the adrenaline of Husky Stadium or the adrenaline of week one, whatever it may be. Rewatch it, and I think you'll come away with maybe a little bit more excited than you were initially because, I, I like Jeff and I talked about, I don't anticipate a huge day numbers-wise from Jacob Eason. You know, it, it, honestly, I think he might have around only 200 yards passing. I, I really think if the Huskies win and win big, it's going to be a strong it's going to be a strong rushing attack. Maybe not always pretty. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some holds and there's some sacks and all that game one crap that, you know uh, – that, that usually happens in college football. Uh, this time it gets to happen against Eastern <laughs> instead of maybe Auburn. But the point is, is I think it's going to be a good win a success, in a successful game, but I just will not recommend enough. The, no knee jerks, okay? Because I, I don't know how much uh, they're going to be able to define themselves. We're going to be able to define this team even after they play Eastern, just with so many new bodies. And I think what they're going to try to get done while balancing you know, what they need to gonna try to get done to win while balancing, hey, we got to have some wrinkles for Cal uh, coming into town week two. Thank you, as always, for listening. Remember, you can rate and review on iTunes. I mean, it's week one, baby, so we appreciate you listening. We appreciate uh, comments, feedback, all that good stuff. We're going to be around all season, previews, reviews, whatever else. Uh, dog thoughts, uh, we, we really hope you stick around and really hope uh, you enjoy the content. Um because it's a holiday weekend, I don't know when the review episode is going to get posted. I'm just going to be honest, just because it is Labor Day weekend. However, obviously, we will recap the game. And, and like I said, keep it coming weekly with getting you up to speed on uh, all things Huskies as they uh, kick off their 2019 campaign. Man, I cannot believe it is already here. So 
For Jeff Wright, I'm Tyson Allenbaugh. Until next time, go dogs. The proceeding was a Howling Husky production.